This show contains mature themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier. This is Donna G. On today's show, I dipped into my archive to bring you an interview that I did in 2010 with Debbie Young. Debbie was actually supposed to be on the show today, but she is on vocal rest, saving her voice for the performance in The Kink in My Hair, which runs until December 23rd at the Bluma Appel Theatre inside the Toronto Centre for the Arts at 27 Front Street East. This interview references her work in The Kink in the early 2000s. It is now revitalized and playing on stage. Debbie talks about her character and she also talks about her work. And the work in reference to is Wu Manifesto, a a CD that she had just released at the time in 2010. And linking that with a spoken word show that I did in 2020. So this will feature some mature language spoken word. Um, I do want to give you that advisory before you proceed to listen to the show. But for those of you who are going to tune in, Right after my interview with Debbie, I have a sweet treat for you in terms of The Kink in My Hair by Trey Anthony. So keep it locked to CIUT 89.5 FM, the more the merrier. And as usual, you can reach me via my socials, www.ciut.fm. Now let's get things started where I asked to be about working on the CD, Wu Manifesto. How long has the CD been in the making? Oh, wow. Um, I was living in Havana, Cuba um, in early, early 2001, 2002, 2003, going there um, back and forth while we were working on the kink in my hair. And um, while I was there, I was working with two reggae bands, one called Manana Reggae Band and the other one called Paso Firme Reggae Band, and then also working with uh, one of Havana's most brilliant hip-hop producers, Pablo Herrera. Uh, and and so the music began from them times, you know. It's really, I feel like, a decade coming to... Um, an end and a beginning simultaneously. Many of those poems on the on the CD I have been experimenting with for the last decade and working in Toronto with people like Dub Trinity Reggae Band um, and working with people in Montreal, Haig, Vartzbedian, who ended up producing most of the album uh, and mixing all of the album, but he produced some tracks. So really, that work is like, it, it feels to me like a decade of work that finally um, formed itself into um, a completed collection of works. Uh, I feel like it took me that long to be able to name specifically the kind of storytelling that I'm interested in doing. It took me that long to be able to stand firmly behind the work. Uh, It took me that long to decide ultimately what the poems sound like, both recorded and live. Um, Storytelling and 
apprenticing and learning like that takes time you know like we live in a, a culture where you know the the next quote-unquote superstar you know or it come up overnight you know and like really i don't know if there is any overnight you know i look at my contemporaries i look at people like trey anthony or julie black or saida baba talibar like any of them them black women who have been working at it, you know, for a long time in, in I think, the old griot or old storytelling ways that come right out of Africa, which said that you work on your art, you craft your art, you craft it in, in solitude, and you also craft it in relation to community. So Womanifesto is the culmination of a lifetime of work, a lifetime of being mentored, by people like Adrizina Mandiela, by my mother, Anita Stewart, um, long-distance mentorship by people like Linton Kwesi Johnson and Jean Binta Breeze and Michael St. George and Peculiar Eye and Lillian Allen and, you know, high school teachers like Mr. Reed and, and Miss Burak and Ava Sturko, my guidance counselor from Jarvis, like, I have to mention these people because when I think of Woman Manifesto, um, it is essentially my manifesto. And, and, and that manifesto comes out of a lifetime of being taught by the village how to be a responsible and accountable storyteller. Do you separate your CDs? from what you do on stage or is it a continuation it's it's absolutely a continuation i feel like live performance has always meant for me experientially the 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 time and place for the spirit to really move through the body and to flow through the body and so live performance has a potential to be anything you know like you don't know what gonna happen like you have a framework and you have your lyrics but once the village steps into that space and once you step onto stage and and once all the ancestors gather, you really don't know what's gonna happen, you know, on stage. And it's my it's my favorite, favorite, favorite part of storytelling. I really appreciate love being in studio and I really appreciate love um mentoring and I I really appreciate love sitting down and, and, and coming up with theory and, and methodologies. But I have to say that the magic of what I do is on stage, live performance, whether it's theater or it's music or it's poetry. It's it, it, Being on stage is really the place where I think the spirits can move through you into the village, back through you into the ether and and can really be like the catalyst for re revolutionary change most uh most people who know your name the most mainstream um aspect of your career i guess would be uh the kink in in my hair yeah. in her hair because it played at the princess of wales and they would yeah. remember your characters the young girl who was being abused and that was a very powerful moment in the audience for everybody and it's a moment that people still um yeah. talk about so um they may not be familiar with your work as a 
monodramatist mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. whole concept of storytelling and you yeah. keep using the word village. Yeah. So can you break that down for people who yeah. are just experiencing you today? You know, it's it's interesting because I really credit Trey Anthony and 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 Wayne Mengesha and Raven Dauda and Ordina Stevens and Ngozi Paul and Quancita Hamilton. Um, I really credit uh, those women for teaching me monodrama. It's interesting, you know, because the kink, the kink was a collective production, an ensemble cast. Um, but if you remember the way that it was staged, it completely laid a foundation for what I'm doing right now. You know, I, I saw my mother on stage when I was about five years old in Jamaica, going to the Jamaica School of Drama. And she was doing a monodrama directed by Anna Ford Smith, who now teaches at York University. And back in the day, you know, Anna Ford Smith um, was, a, was a founding member of Sistrin Collective. And I, I, that's, that's the first time I was really exposed to this idea of monodrama. But in terms of being an adult and being on stage in the kink in my hair and, and the way the play was structured, like each storyteller in that play had the opportunity. It was like six different monodramas composed in a production, right? So it really was a training ground in terms of going out every night for about seven years of doing that production in different manifestations, right? And of, of being with an audience and, and really feeling like how does the audience feel when you say this line in this way and how do they feel when you say it in this way and what do you do when you have a, 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 a room filled with thousands of, of high school age students who laugh, you know, laugh at certain areas that you might feel that they shouldn't laugh at. And then when, they, when they're talking with the character and they're talking with the little girl, you know, it was really a training ground for me to learn about the versatility and the, the multiplicity and the complexity of being one performer on stage relating to a community of people who come into the theater with everything that they come into the theater with. So, so I feel like looking at that performance and then, and then as well, that performance was coupled with a dub poem, you know, like Trey and Wayne gave me the, the, the opportunity to showcase my work as a dub poet, you know, so I was able to write something for the kink in my hair and use that poem as like a part of the healing for that character. So I feel like people indeed did get a very strong sense of the kind of work that I'm doing now. And the only difference between that and now is that I've become more seasoned. You know, I've had I've had time to really focus in and hone the craft and 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 coming out of that, I've written a trilogy of plays, starting with Blood, which Wayne Mengesha directed, the second of which was Benu, um, which came out last year uh, at Summerworks Festival. All of them have come out at Summerworks Festival and have been performed at Theatre Passmarai. I love that theater, by the way, and, and ageism and ableism. Um, if I really implicate myself about talking about my own imperfections and the ways in which I am trying to learn how to be a better person, then people can really be influenced by that and, and want to become better people as well, you know? But the perspective of going out there and 
pointing fingers and a criticize and everybody have it wrong and you have it right. That's not really my perspective in life, you know. The village for me is anybody who is open-minded enough to take the time to come and listen and to come and, and sit down and conversate. The village for me is anybody who is out there, who is experiencing humanity, you know. So the village is black, the village is African, the village is Canadian, the village is First Nation, South Asian, East Asian, Southeast Asian, European. The village is everybody, everyone, you know, um, who have the time of day to really um, humble us with their with their presence, you know. And we take that seriously and we really um, try to honor those who take the time to do that because we know that life is complicated and life busy and life hard. And But we have to take time to really listen to the stories that go on. And that's the village for me. Well, I'm going to play... Um, I don't have time to play the whole track but i'm going to play a part of it and this is called blood and uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the issue of blood um, in your work so this is to be young Wu manifesto the track is called blood This is Donna G, the More the Merrier Arts Radio, talking to artist to be young. And you just heard another track from the CD Wu Manifesto called Blood. And to be, 
blood features heavily in all of your work, whether you're yeah. on stage, the music, yeah. the books that you've written, yeah. uh, the film. You have a film called Blood. Why? Why? Why am I clearly obsessed <laughs> with blood? Oh, man. Well, okay. Where to start? You know, um, when I went to Cuba in um, in 2001, a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, Dave Austin, um, came to Cuba as well. And we were having a conversation and he was saying to me, you know, I noticed that you don't talk about blood in any of your work. And I had to stop and think about it, you know. And in that conversation, he referenced Linton Quizzy Johnson's Five Nights of Bleeding and uh, Dread Beat and Blood, which are two very brilliant poems talking about bloodshed and violence in, in, in England, particularly amongst black people. And I thought to myself, is it that I, even though I am trying to be a radical or even though I'm trying to question what I've been given is it that I am really censoring myself to not talk about blood and to not talk about the implications of all the incarnations of blood? And I really had to honestly think about it. And when I thought about it, that was exactly the case because you live in a society, you turn on TV and you see the ads on TV about women and menstruation and them have like a pad and a pad of blue liquid, you know, are you know if you get a little blood on your on your 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 garments you know is a lot of shame or if you get it on the on the bed is a lot of shame even though everybody knew that blood sheds right and so i had to think about that and challenge myself around my own self-censorship because that was nobody censoring me you know what i'm saying nobody was telling me don't talk about this and don't talk about that but I was censoring myself because what happens is you learn very quickly in this society that if you talk about certain things, you are going to get shut down or people are not going to interview you on their shows or they're not going to put you on their newspaper or they're not going to invite you out because they don't want you to embarrass them. They don't want you to tell anybody that you are connected to them in any way, you know. And so what we do as people is even when we are claiming to be radicals or revolutionaries, we don't touch certain things. You know, as artists, you know, we go up on stage and we sing about things that we know the people will be okay with and we don't push the pencil too hard because... If you push the pencil too hard, it means certain privileges are going to be taken away from you. And it means that not everybody is going to like you. But here what? Audre Lorde, who was a radical lesbian feminist poet who come from the Caribbean, moved to the States, died of breast cancer in 1992. She leave us a poem where say, listen man, even when you are afraid, you have to talk. Because whether you talk or not, when them come to kill you, them are going to kill you, said we. So you might as well talk and talk and talk until them dead you. You see me? And that is what I firmly understand and believe today, that I cannot spend my life being afraid of people 
and people's bigotries and my own bigotries and being afraid that I'm not going to get a piece of the pie because of talking. Because if certain people never talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and do more than talk, slavery wouldn't done. And if certain people never talk and talk and do more than talk, women would not be voting or have access to abortion. And if certain people never talk and talk and talk, gay people, queer people, whatever these people identify as differently sexualized people, would not be able to get married. You see what I say? And if certain people never talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, them wouldn't stop kill Rastafarian people in a Jamaica and cut off them dreadlocks and beat them in a prison. You see what I'm saying? So the truth of the matter is, if there are not certain people who are going to talk about things like blood, menstruation, violence, then that those issues will perpetuate themselves. You see me? And and we can't really do that because we come from a legacy of struggle and a legacy of change. And trust me, man, everybody is not going to be in agreement. And everybody is not going to like it. But at the end of the day, my friend, are you have to like you, you know, and from you like you, things can go on. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you say, you know, um, you, you speak the truth. And you said certain people might not invite you to their events and functions or invite you into their world. But you've been very successful. <laughs> you have a couple of Dora Awards. There are many Canadian actors who would kill to have half a Dora, and you have two. Um, you talk about issues of incest and menstruation, yet I see lots of men at your at your performances. Lots of men, and it's actually your 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 kink performance. I have more men coming up to me talking about your work and that little girl than women. <laughs> so, are you, surp- real, are you surprised? Are you surprised by that? You know, it it doesn't seem to fit what you were saying that people would would bar you. But yeah, you know, yeah, you, no, I mean, definitely, most definitely. Um, the way that I've gone about doing this career thing is 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 definitely kind of kind of different, you know. <laughs> it's kind of different. Yeah, you know? because you you've broken all the rules, <laughs> and you know you've it's broken all the different. rules in what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know it's you're supposed you're supposed to go to theater school. You're supposed to come out and do the you know performances, and you you know you've done your your training. Um, but you haven't followed the steps that, you know, the, the usual theater crowd does. Yeah, I feel like I have to honor those who have mentored me, Donna. Like, like I keep saying that, you know, because the people have to understand, say, it, 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 the, the product of, of who I am becoming, you know, learning to become, it's not something that just drop out of the sky, you know. I have to, have to, have to, have to give credit where credit is due which is credit is due to the elders the elders them the elders listen man in a 2006 i called up audrey crying you know audrey don't know what to do you know like i feel confused you know i feel like i want to follow this path and i I want to be a storyteller but there are certain things that i'm not prepared to do I can't compromise certain things. And it's making me sad. 
you know, and Audrey said on the phone, man, Audrey said, why don't you go and take a nap? Go and sleep. I'm going to say, Audrey, what do you mean go and sleep? She said, listen, man, you will soon realize that it's not that trepidatious. You will soon realize that everything passes and then the next moment comes. So relax yourself and stop yourself heart attack. And essentially that is what it is. One step at a time. Moment by moment. You know, I think the elders, people like Mikey Smith, who was stoned to death in a Jamaica, dub poet, revolutionary. People like Cherry Natural. You know, there we can name people, name people, people like Tracy Chapman, Saul Williams. If you look around, there are more than ample examples of people who have taken a road that seems to be less traveled. But there are so many of them that you really have to ask yourself if that road is less traveled because a whole heap of people travel that road, you know? What yeah, I'm saying true. is... But sometimes in Toronto, yeah, um, yeah. there is the clique of the theater school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most you know? definitely, most and definitely. it seems that um, you bypass that by getting your education through schooling, but also through mentoring. Yeah, And you're definitely. passing that on to the artists and residents of the yes. Anita Africa Dub yes. Theater. Yes, because of the strong groundation that I received and I'm still receiving from my mentors, I feel like I really have no other choice than to honor the community by mentoring as well. So for the last two years, I've been running a free residency program out of a little space out at 62 Fraser, which is now closed. We just closed it a month ago. Um, a free residency program that teaches biomyth monodrama. So basically helps these emerging artists to tell their own stories to the community using uh, the biographical but also using the the heavily mythologized you know so they decide how much of their own lived experience they want to put into the story and let me tell you man these people these people like Kemba King, Complex, Julie Tesselin, Amanda Paris, Cassandra Walker and Natasha Morris who were the artists in residency this year? I mean, they've blown it out of the water. For any of you who have been coming down to 918 Bathurst at Bloor for the last week, you can see what happens when you reinvest in your community. The community will flourish and thrive, man. Last night, Amanda did her production. And I'm telling you, the thing was so amazing to see over 130 people from the community come to that theater and just love up what they're seeing. And she really brilliantly reflected the complexity and the beauty of our community, you know. That is what happens when we keep the cycle of mentorship alive. You know, in listening to that interview with Debbie in 2010, her accent is so different. I think she must have been working out of Jamaica or working on some characters for a play because the strength of her vocalizations really comes through with the native language of Jamaica. Now, the sweet treat that I promised you is that you can get 15% off the kink in my hair tickets by using the code 
Radio. This is courtesy of TO Live. I want to thank them for doing this for my listeners. Again, the promo code for 15% off to kink in my hair, which runs until December 23rd, is radio. And you can go to TOLive.com to buy your tickets. You're listening to The More the Merrier with Donna G. I've got some comedy, some spoken word. We've got some activism happening in terms of uh, just daily life on the planet and inhabiting different skins. So keep it locked to CIUT 89.5 FM. We're going to get things started with Debbie Young, and this is Jenda Benda on CIUT 89.5 FM. Women who are fathers, men who are mothers, 
everybody in between. To people who don't assume when they meet me that I'm a boy because I shave my head. My clothes are gender neutral. I stand with shoulders broad. I am not passive and apologetic. To people like me, gender balance, undoing the social conditioning, transcending, creating new traditions. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Martin Niemöller. Being queer has no bearing, well, I have to tell you, like, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, like, when they ask me to speak about homophobia sometimes, I fuck it up a little bit, like, oh, you know, sometimes these gay people, you know, we've done a lot of, like, great things over the last decade or so, and sometimes somebody needs to, like, say, like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? So it's not going to be like, yay, gay, you know, just so you know. <laughs> <clears throat> Being queer has no bearing on race, my white publicist says. True love is never affected by color. I curved the flashes of me, crashing across the table to knock his blonde skin from Manhattan to Montego Bay to bear witness to the bloody beatings of brown boys accused of the homosexual crime of buggery. Amidst the newfangled fads and fallacies, the New Age claims that sexual and racial freedom has finally come for all these under-informed, self-congratulating, pseudo-intellectual utterances reflect how apolitical the left has become. It is now commonplace to hear young activists say the terms black, and lesbian and political come across as confrontational. Why can't we all just be people? <laughs> Tongue and courage tied with fear, I am at once livid, ashamed, and paralyzed by the neoconservatism breeding malicious amongst us. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, ally, Questioning, two-spirit, non-gender conforming, every year we had a fucking letter. <laughs> Yet every day, every day I become more and more afraid to say black or radical or woman. Every day under the pretense of unity, I swallow something I should have said about the epidemic of AIDS in Africa or the violence against teenage girls in East New York or the mortality rate of young boys 
on the south side of Chicago. Even in friendly conversation, I have to rein in that bellhooksian urge to kill motherfuckers who say stupid shit to me all day. All day. Bitter branches of things I cannot say out loud sprout deviant from my neck. Fuck you, you fucking racist, sexist turd. Fuck you for crying about homophobia while you exploit the desperation of undocumented immigrants to clean your hallways, bathe your children, cook your dinner for less than you and I spend on a tax-deductible lunch. I want to scream out loud, all oppression is connected, you dick! At, at the heart, of every political action in history stood the dykes who were feminists, the anti-racists who were gay rights activists, black men who believed being vulnerable could only make this community stronger. As the violence against us increases, where are the LGBT centers in those neighborhoods where those assaults occur most frequently as the tide of the Supreme Court changes, as the tide of the Supreme Court changes, as the tide of the Supreme Court changes. Where are the marches to support a woman's right to a fucking abortion after they repeal and after they repeal the Affordable Care Act? What do we plan to do about health insurance for those who can't fucking afford it? HIV AIDS was once a reason for gay white men to act up. Now your indifference spells the death of straight black women, imprisoned Latino boys. Apparently, if the tragedy does not immediately impact you, you don't give a fuck. Apathetic and individualistic. No one knows where to vote or who to vote for anymore. The faces that now represent us. The faces that now represent us have begun to look like the ones who used to burn crosses and beat bulldoggers and fuck faggots up the ass with loaded guns. The companies that sponsor our events do not honor the way we live or love or dance or pray. Progressive politicians still dance around the issue of criminal justice reform for all the landmarks we celebrate. Those of us who hold economic and political power, those of us who feel we have a place at the fucking table. Do not, do not be misled into thinking you are still more than a nigger or a faggot or a minstrel created on the funny pages of a white heteronormative world. The truth is the current liberal manifesto is a corporate agenda. And outside of that agenda, a young boy dressed in drag is swallowing an adult semen so he can pay for dinner. A woman is beaten every 12 seconds. Count them every 12 seconds, every two minutes. A girl is raped somewhere in America. And while we all stand here, well-dressed and rejoicing, well-dressed and mourning what we have lost in India, in China, in South America, a small child cuts the cloth to construct your new shirt, your new shoe. The old imperialism upheld 
by the misuse of impoverished lives. Gather round, ye allies. Allies, activists, where are you dissenters? All of you committed to radical social change. We are not simply at a crossroads. We are at a political quagmire buried knee deep in a battle for our very humanity. The powers that have always been, have already come for the Jew, the communist, the trade unionist. The time to act is now. Now that there are still ways we can fight this motherfucker. Now, while the rights we have left are so very few. Now, because it is the right thing to do. Now, before you open your door to find they have finally come for you. Identities, tributaries of culture. There's danger in every stranger. Histories are now mysteries, lost in the wilderness. Untold stories. Everyone I meet is a perfect stranger. At every roadblock, I run for cover. Addicted to the truth, I will recover. Trips of the mind to defeat the burden of these times. When will we overcome the burden of these rhymes? I'll wear a mask in your masquerade. But ignorance, your child is no longer afraid. Histories are now mysteries. Lost in the wilderness. Untold stories. Come to fight Babylon culture. Pink triangles, peacocks, and innocence. The righteous ones are burning incense. In the graveyards, they seek understanding. War at the gate of fate. True believers circle the stone, the foundation, shouting, tribulation. I will rise above your tower of power. To the life that's open to songs of wonder. In the spaces of the mind, endless possibilities arise. Towns are frozen in the desert of thirst. They refuse to trust. They hunt for the fear of the love they take will not come. In the memory of our ocean breeze, a small reprieve from this Babylon freeze. A terrible storm was brewing, 
branches broke and scattered. Bum, bum, bubbly bidly bum. Bum, bum, bubbly bidly bum. Injustice sliding undercover. Sound system catching fire. Freedom is what we all desire. in the party, some youths looking for clarity, racial profiling them put pound with back, Enron, welcome, how are that, Fantina in Jamaica, see how him a put on a show, when him a go to America, that is what me want to know, the system intact, black and black, but a whole event that, I'm back in the dance, back in the dance, DJ Chalice have everyone in a trance. 500 years in this day and age. Lord, what a outrage. Underclass, working class, always last. Equal opportunity, hypocrisy. I'm back against the wall. Another black youth about to fall. Delroy step in the dance, sell some weed, misguided path to succeed. Delroy's head pounding, blues them resounding, bittersweet black like night exploding. A cold breeze pass through the door. It's the police, everyone freeze. Tell Roy brethren flee for them life. Steel flash thunder, red rush river, bad blood bubbling, black lava simmering. Lord, tell Ryan and dreams dash down upon the ground. And the madness and the badness running wild. And the madness and the badness running wild in the party. And some of them say. I'm just a gunman, I'm play plenty woman. And some say, I'm just a youth man, walking down the wrong road, carrying a heavy, heavy load. And outside in the night, just a rustle in the breeze, telling morning. Come shed some light Won't you please come shed some light Come shed some light Won't you come shed some light
Check out Sister on the Corner. Barbecue Fritos, Fanta Soda, Dookie Braids, Knee High Boots, Raiders Jacket, Talking Shit. She embarrassed you, huh? somewhere you gonna conquer the nation world in your hand with your education you better than sister on the corner thank god you never did hang with the brothers going nowhere talking shit waiting for the light to turn green go ahead turn your head look straight ahead and roll that lexus home to your 50g man 300g
So, did Stacey Ann Chin wake you up? That is uh, her doing a track called Homophobia. You can find it on YouTube. Just Google Stacey Ann Chin for that one. And uh, she does what a poet is supposed to do. Hold up a mirror in front of society so that we can see ourselves. And uh, sometimes you have to get loud. um, And sometimes you, you have to... You have to express the truth. And sometimes people don't necessarily want to hear it, even though uh, they're well-intentioned and uh, think they are supporting you. They're not if they're not letting you speak your truth. After that, we heard from Chet Singh, two from Chet Singh, as a matter of fact. We heard Identities and Jane and Finch. And both of those are available on Spotify then we went to some more YouTube with uh, Ruth Foreman and Stoplight Politics and Tracy Morris from Project Prin- uh, with Project Princess. I actually have both of those on a CD called um, The United States of Poetry. So if you're lucky enough to pick up um, a copy in a used CD store, then consider yourself lucky because it's got some brilliant tracks on it. Heard from our own Lal with uh, Dead Happiness, and that is available on SoundCloud. And uh, the Debi Jenda Benda is also available on SoundCloud as well. Just wanted to let you know about that. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Leaving you now with a track from Amai Kuda's latest CD, Emergency, and this is called Ekushé. Bye-bye. Oh 